Welcome back to the podcast. It's been a strange year, hasn't it? I'm recording this in 2021, and we're still not at the end of the current worldwide pandemic. People have been searching for comfort in all sorts of places, whether that's in family, in medicine, or in simply having more stuff. Where are Christians meant to find comfort? Well, over the next few weeks, we're going to be playing some sermons I've been giving from the book of Isaiah. This book is foundational to the New Testament, and uh, the New Testament authors seem to say that their message is in line with it. So we're going to see what it says, and we'll see where God calls us to find comfort too. To Isaiah 51, verses 1 to 8, says this. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. When I called him, he was only one man, and I blessed him and made him many. The Lord will surely comfort Zion and will look with compassion on all her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord, Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the sound of singing. Listen to me, my people. Hear me, my nation. Instruction will go out from me. My justice will become a light to the nations. My righteousness draws near speedily. My salvation is on the way, and my arm will bring justice to the nations. The islands will look to me and wait in hope for my arm. Lift up your eyes to the heavens. Look at the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants die like flies. But my salvation will last forever. My righteousness will never fail. Hear me, you who know what is right, you people who have taken my instruction to heart. Do not fear the reproach of mere mortals or be terrified by their insults. For the moth will eat them up like a garment, the worm will devour them like wool. But my righteousness will last forever, my salvation through all generations. Well, we're back in Isaiah for the next two weeks before we have a bit of a break. And it works quite nicely, actually, because we're going to be picking up Isaiah 52 and 53 on a Sunday morning at Easter, God willing. But as we think this through, it does raise a question for us. It's interesting, Sam raised this this morning as well. Have you ever wondered why we preach through entire books of the Bible here at Christchurch Hemel? As Sam said this morning, it's one of our distinctives as a church. It's something we want to be doing. I suspect we all know the answer. I think we could all nod and say, yeah, 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 we know. But when you hear that Dave is plodding on again with Isaiah, does it make you question? You see, well, if you don't, I do. See, I was thinking over this passage this week, and I was wondering how it applies to us. It's easy to assume that we know what a text in the Bible says. We've heard it so many times before. Uh, It's easy to come up with surface level applications. What should we do in light of this? But what is Isaiah? What is Isaiah communicating here? See, that is the question that we always need to ask of the Bible text. And in the world of preaching, there's a world of preaching, there hasn't actually been that much done on Isaiah. Now, someone's built a search engine of all the evangelical churches in the UK. And if you search this passage here, it's sorely lacking. It's less than one page. 
makes you question, doesn't it? Is it because this passage, these passages here are pointless? Just buffer before the big bit in a few chapters time? Is it because there's better stuff elsewhere? Has Isaiah just padded out his work like a student trying to reach a word limit? Why should we listen to these words here? See, if we don't know why we should listen to these words, we don't have any reason why our friends and our family should listen to these words. In fact, the problem is if we're not listening to these words, we're going to end up listening to other words instead. We've seen all the way through Isaiah, there are all sorts of different voices that you can listen to. And those voices, they're constantly speaking in our ears. It's easy to listen to other things around us. But let's bring this closer to home, shall we? I was dwelling on this this week, as I said. How do we listen to other voices when it comes to God's word as a church? See, our world wants to tell us a different story, doesn't it? Whether that's Hollywood telling us a completely different paradigm to fit the Bible into. For example, they might say something like, um, love is the biggest uh, ideal in our world, so anything that doesn't fit our idea of love, well, that's unacceptable. The Bible can't mean that. Or perhaps it's science. Perhaps science is the thing that is speaking. Uh, we have to explain everything that happens in the Bible in scientific terms, or it's not true. Maybe it's history. Uh, we make the Bible fit with the other stories going on at the time, rather than listening to what the Bible itself is actually saying. So each one of those voices, each one of them, and there are many other voices too, is trying to crowd in on the Bible's view of reality. It's not that any of those things are bad in themselves, but they are disastrous when they affect what the Bible itself is saying. They're disastrous because they're taking away from the big story. They dramatically affect the beginning and the end. And if you lose the beginning and the end, well, you lose the middle as well. We lose God at work in our world. We lose the creator, the sustainer, the rescuer. And we end up losing our comfort. We end up losing our hope. I mean, what comfort, what hope is there in a world that is completely out of control, left to do its own thing? Wow, has Dave gone off on a rant tonight? Is this the start of a new year? What's he doing? That's exactly what's going on in Isaiah's day, okay? We're not that different to the people of Isaiah's day. Because this isn't the first time that listening has been an issue for God's people. I mean, listening to the wrong voices has been an issue since Genesis 3, hasn't it? Can't speak with a snake's voice. Did God really say? You see, for God's people in Isaiah's day, listening to the people around them would have taken their hope away. Just the same as now. And so Isaiah's big point throughout this book has been, listen up. Listen up. Last time in chapter 50, just a few lines above, we saw God's servant speak. And as God's servant spoke, it split the people in half. It divided soul and spirit. It divided joint and marrow. It results in two kinds of people. Just have a look at Isaiah 50, verses 10 and 11. Two different people formed by the speaking of God's servant. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let the one who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on their God. One group of people there. Or two... But now, all of you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, go, walk in the light of your fires and of the torches you set ablaze. This is what you shall receive from my hand. You will lie down in torment. Two groups of people. The listeners, the non-listeners. 
So for the people who are listening, the obvious question is, why listen to these words? See, Isaiah calls the people to listen three times in three paragraphs. Have a look. Verse 1, chapter 51. Verse 4, listen to me. And verse 7, hear me. But it's worth clocking that for those who do listen, the picture is still bleak. What they see with their eyes is going to be bleak. To look around them looks like seeing the upcoming exile. It looks like the people of God being reduced from a great multitude down to a small number. But you see, if God's people are listening, what they see will also have the bigger picture as part of it. The picture of God's plan still going. The picture of the creator God who's still in control. The picture that's going to join the people together. That's going to be what identifies them as the people of God. The thing that's going to bring them comfort. So why listen to these words? Well, first of all, listen to these words because of Abraham, verses 1 to 3. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. When I called him, Abraham, he was only one man, and I blessed him and made him many. The Lord will surely comfort Zion and will look with compassion on all her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her thanksgiving and the sound of singing. Look at where you've come from. Look at the rock from which you've been cut, from the quarry from which you were hewn. Look back to Abraham. I looked at my family tree over Christmas. That didn't really bring me much comfort. Some people have some funny names. That's about it. How is looking back to Abraham going to be a comfort to the people? Why is that worth listening to? Well, as God's people are being picked off, one by one by one, as the people hear the words and they refuse to listen, as they stop listening to God's word, as the nation reduces in size, surely that's a reason to stop listening to God. Why would you listen to news about one single, solitary, solo servant being the solution? Why would you listen to news about that, about one person who's going to bring comfort, one solo servant? How is that any help? How is that any comfort? Remember Abraham, God says. Because Abraham was one man. When God called him, Abraham was one man. But what did God do through that one man? Well, he brought about many. Can God not do that again with his servant? So even though the world around them might look like it's going all the way down, hearing God's words here is going to bring comfort in the midst of it. God's people can look out. They can see it all happening. They can see the people of God getting smaller and smaller. They can see those who trust God getting fewer and fewer. But they're not going to fear. Because God has spoken. The creator has said. He's done it before. So they will not fear. God's done it before and he said he'd do it. Even in the midst of pain and suffering, God's promises can be trusted. And even though that doesn't take away the pain, doesn't take away the suffering, it does bring comfort in the midst of it. That's worth listening to, isn't it? God is still bringing about his plan. He hasn't given up on it. It might look like all around is sinking sand, but God can be trusted. Therefore, listen to him. It's one reason to listen to these words. Second one's there in verses four to six. 
God's plan for everlasting salvation. Still in full swing. Have a look at verses four to six. Listen to me, my people. Hear me, my nation. Instruction will go out from me. My justice will become a light to the nations. My righteousness draws near speedily. My salvation is on the way. And my arm will bring justice to the nations. The islands will look to me and wait in hope for my arm. Lift up your eyes to the heavens. Look at the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment. And its inhabitants die like flies. But my salvation will last forever. And my righteousness will never fail. So if you listen to God, you're thinking back to Abraham and you're now thinking forwards to God's promised plan. God started this work in Genesis 1 and he intends to complete it. As the nation of Israel, as it's disappearing into the dust, it might look like God's intentions for the world are gone with it. In fact, as we read the Old Testament, as we see Israel fail again and again, we're meant to think everything is failing. It's all about to end. But God is not done yet. So if you were to listen to the voices around you, you'd forget who God is. If you were to listen to the voices around you, you'd forget who God is and you'd miss that. But if you listen to who God says he is, you will find comfort in the midst of the mess. See, verse four, a law is going to go out from God. His justice is going to shine a light for all to see. God is still going to bring his salvation to the ends of the earth. The nations, the coastlands, the Gentiles are going to come in. So even when the situation has been hopeless before, God has still rescued. Even when the people have been taken captive in a foreign land before, God's arm has still delivered them. The current issues of life are but a mist that vanishes at dawn. But God's salvation lasts how long? A little bit longer? No, God's salvation lasts forever. His righteousness will never be dismayed. Have a look at creation right now. You can see a little bit of it out the window. If you're at home, you can look out your living room windows or wherever you are. Just have a look at creation right now. Put your foot into the floor. How solid does that seem? Hey? Eh? God's salvation is more solid than that. If you were to look around at the world and not listen to God's words, you're going to feel totally hopeless. You're going to be discouraged. If you look at the world around you and don't hear God speaking, you're bound to get the wrong idea. There's not going to be any comfort there. Is God really interested in us? Does God really care about injustice in the world? Is everything really in God's hands or has a pandemic got the best of him? But if you listen to God's words, you'll know that everything is still on track. Everything is still moving ahead. And in the midst of the mess, you'll find comfort. Why listen to these words? Well, everlasting salvation is still on the table. And finally, because if we listen to God's words, they will bring an end to fear. Verses 7 and 8, Isaiah 51. Hear me, you who know what is right. You people who have taken my instruction to heart, do not fear the reproach of mere mortals or be terrified by their insults, for the moth will eat them up like a garment. The worm will devour them like wool but my righteousness will last forever. My salvation through all generations. <laughs> God doesn't exist. 
<laughs> yeah, right, God doesn't see what's going on, come on. See, Isaiah knows what it's like to be on the other end of an insult. The people reading Isaiah know that to be true too. Our brothers and sisters around the world today, they know that to be true. When you're in the workplace tomorrow, when you're chatting with your friends at the school gate, wherever you find yourself in the morning, it's easy to hear people dismiss God. It's easy to hear those voices and be discomforted. It's easy to listen to those words and be disheartened. It's so easy, isn't it, to have a fear of man rather than a fear of God. But God calls those who know what is right. That's the people who are in relationship with him. God calls those people to not fear mere mortals, but instead to trust and listen to his righteousness, to hear his salvation that's going to last through the generations. The future is certain. It is all planned out. So therefore, do not fear. Even though those voices, they may be loud in our ears. If we know where things are headed, we can crack on and not lose heart. So then why listen to these words? Well, listen to these words because these words bring comfort. These words here, Isaiah 51 verses 1 to 8, they bring clarity to what is going on in the world at Isaiah's time. They also bring clarity to what's going on in our world right now. Brothers and sisters, these words, they are so, so important. These words are words that bring comfort. These words are words that are precious. We need to hear these words. Because God's word is always being assaulted. It's always, uh, whether in blatant ways or in more subtle ones. So we need to be clear on what God is saying in the way that he is saying it. Because if we lose sight of the big picture, if we lose sight of God's plan, it's going to cause us to drift off. Peter in 2 Peter 3 says exactly what that's going to look like for people this side of the cross. Just listen to how similar this sounds to today. 2 Peter 3 verse 4. Scoffers will say, where is this coming? He promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on exactly the same as it did since the beginning of creation. There is no plan. There is no end. Let's eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. See, to lose the big story, to lose the big picture, to not get what God is doing in this world leads to that sort of thinking, doesn't it? No wonder the world around us is the way it is. But we are those who can take comfort in the here and now. Not saying it's going to be easy. Not saying it's going to be tidy. It's going to be a right mess. It's going to be painful. But we are the ones who can make sense of everything that is happening now. We are the ones who have the ending before us that God is going to be writing for eternity. So therefore, we need to listen. Therefore, tonight, bend your ear. Because God is speaking. Listen to these words. Listen to God's words. Well, I hope you found some comfort there. Any feedback can be sent to me on podcast at david-couch.com and I'll see you next time.